Welcome everyone to Aggregators and Brands podcast, together with my great friend Omar uh, from Europe and myself. How are you doing? Normally in San Diego, but today in Austin. And uh, we have a great guest. Uh, thank you for joining us, Stephen. And it looks like myself and Stephen, we are all together. Thank you, Stephen. Austin Billion Dollar today. Sellers Summit. So today in Austin. So Stephen, th- welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. We appreciate it. Thank you. So, Stephen, first of all, maybe you can tell us a bit about yourself, like what you do. What's your Amazon experience so far? Maybe we can start from that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I got my start, actually, in um, just the regular e-commerce world. Um, my first company, Pride Bites, was a, is a pet product company, still going strong today, um, and uh, primarily sells custom pet products to the B2B world, so to retailers or gift shops. Um, or any type of promotional product company um, that's looking for um, some sort of custom um, connection to to pet parents. Um, and uh, that business, I got a lot of experience through that business of um, going overseas and launching a lot of products. Um, we got on the show Shark Tank and uh, expanded pretty quickly um, and about 3,000 stores throughout North America and um, launched, you know, hundreds of products over the, you know, eight years uh, that I was doing that business. And Going through that process and going overseas a whole bunch, uh, really what we learned is there's got to be an easier way to, to go about this process. So um, about uh, seven years into Pride Bites, I started uh, my second company, Gemba, um, uh, which is the first ever product development marketplace. Um, so really connecting experts um, and factories from, from all over the world together to help people go from idea to shelf. That's pretty interesting. Now, uh, everybody always asks me, as I am the kind of the co-founder of Eva, where is this Eva coming from? And I would like to ask you that question too. Like, what is about Gamba? Like, what's the the name? Where is the name coming from? Very original, by the way. Yeah, Gamba. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Gemba is uh, the, the, the point of the most value in the Kaizen manufacturing model. Um, so the most optimal point of value. So um, we always think here that, you know, we want to deliver the most value we can to, to, to our clients. And so um, we thought the name was fitting from that from that angle. Amazing. Yeah, I was just Googling it before. I mean, I really found it like very unique, very original Especially if you can find the domain name, then that's even better, obviously. <laughs> exactly. Best, you know, like you already know, it's, it's super valuable. Which is very hard at the moment to find for, for five uh, five characters, right? Yes. Um, the domain it, name. I mean, it's pretty, pretty impossible. Let's put it in this way, pretty much impossible. But that's great. Definitely challenging. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we'll, we're going to talk more about Gemba and like how you are helping the e-commerce sellers as well as Amazon sellers. Uh, but before that, like, you know, we always start, uh, you know, kind of having this discussion with, uh, we always start with like, what do you think about the aggregators today? Uh, what's the value add of like all these aggregators to the Amazon community um, and uh, and and what do you think about the current status of the aggregators? Yeah, I think um, uh, overall, I think you know it, the aggregator space uh, is super interesting. I think you know it's a lot of very talented, very smart people bringing a lot of value to brands um, from a, a, a ton of experience. Right, people from um, all works of life, from the consumer product world, um, finance worlds, etc. So. 
I think actually gave, um, you know, maybe a bigger sense of purpose to the space um, because you saw a lot of influx of money really, really quickly. And of course, um, you know, everyone goes where the money is. Um, so I think that um, overall, it brought a lot of attention um, to the Amazon world and to sellers and to um, just the community overall. So I think, you know, it's been a very positive impact um, in general. And I think um, even so now, you know, there's, there's obviously challenges always in, in economic times as, as things fluctuate and as cycles happen. And, um, you know, I think uh, people have to get creative and, uh, you know, think of, think of new ways uh, of, of, of how to operate during these times and new offers, et cetera, to, to align people. So, um, you know, I think we're, we're going through some of that transition now where um, the realignment is happening, but I think um, still, you know, seeing a lot of really strong growth with aggregators and um, continue to see their brands do well um, in addition to that. Yeah, that's great to hear. Omar, you mentioned that like we were always checking like the, the funding status of the aggregators and uh, in July and June and July period, it was pretty slowed down. And you said this, you say that like before the call, like, like you, you've seen some new, um, you know, new aggregators raising funds. Uh, you want to comment on that? Yes, sure. There, uh, you know, as you mentioned in, in summer, uh, beginning of summer, it was like, whoa, this is, this is not looking good at all. And, uh, I was already, you know, was a bit uh, checking everyone out and uh, workflow was going backwards. And, and I thought, okay, this is not looking good for Q4. Um, but suddenly, suddenly there were new rounds which came up. Um, one of the companies uh, called Flomox, one of the company called Go Nuggets. Um, they are they are amazing companies. They they are really uh, behind a lot of things and uh, which which they don't really like you know openly show they they say that they were funded but you know what what's going on behind they don't uh comment on this too much but i can tell you it's uh, it's it's some amazing projects some amazing projects going on there and uh the other aggregators um as well um now i don't have 100% information about the others because they i think publicly they didn't say it, uh, how much the funding was or who exactly got funded as well but i think there is a pretty good movement at the moment and because uh, there, there's a lot of requests of buying the companies, and obviously when there is not too many things going on, everything is cheaper. So as well, the sellers begin to be afraid that that uh, you know that oh no, I cannot sell anymore. Aggregator is going down. This one he got he got so many so much money for that. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss out. You know, same as crypto. You know, the FOMO, and then you know trying to and. Uh, it's it's all the same game. So right now, I would just suggest to hold on to the company, try to run as good as possible, go through Q4, boost the numbers a little bit, and then try to go again on the market a little bit later by 2023. And not uh, not right now where, where everyone is really fishing and, and trying to get some good deals and, and the good brands are um, through over the table. I mean, this is what I'm seeing at the moment. What, what do you think about that uh, at the moment? Hi. And as well, uh, Stephen, do you have the same sentiment or where do you think will we go um, within the next year or something? Because I think there's still money flowing in. Finances will recover. Um, some loans will get free and uh, we will see some, some, some uptrend, uh, I would say. I mean, I would, I would agree with you and uh, I'm going to give you some uh, solid examples like in the last one week I met with three aggregators that I never heard of 
And uh, it, very interesting. One is from India, and they already acquired 20 brands, and they want to work with Eva. And I'm less like, okay, I have no idea about you. And uh, that's strange, right? Like normally the discussion is like, hey, I don't know about Eva. And I'm like, okay, Eva is doing dynamic pricing and this and that. And this time it's like, oh, you guys do dynamic pricing. And uh, and I'm like, I don't know you. <laughs> and then I met with another one from Vancouver and another one from Houston. So, and I had no idea about these three aggregators. Now, the interesting one about the ones from uh, US and Canada, these guys already have their own brands, like five, six brands. They already operate. So they know everything about the operation. And now they acquired an additional 10 to 15 brands. So that was pretty interesting because a lot of the current aggregators, let's call them way one, they have like, they pretty much like find the funding. They are the experts of the funding versus the new ones that I'm meeting with are the experts on operation, which is kind of maybe a new interesting point that is coming. The second thing that we always say, the aggregators are a little bit missing the product innovation piece. And one of the top aggregators, I was checking their website and they are already looking for people who can design products. So they're not like only trying to aggregate, but they are now trying to, um, you know, get more um, maybe like people who can continue the product innovation. The third piece, and I think Steven can help us here because Gamba is helping there. The, the third piece that I was always seeing the missing part is the supply chain problems because they just acquire, acquire no idea who is the source, what the manufacturer is doing. And they have like 10 different supply chains and different sources. Um, Steven, what is your view on that? And maybe like, I think it's more a Gamba area as well. Like you guys know a lot more. Maybe you already work with aggregators. Like, don't you think it might be an area of like an optimization? Because now it's a bit of a catastrophic. I can tell you that with the aggregators trying to manage the supply chain and they cannot even acquire more because of the supply chain issues that they are having. Yeah. I mean, I think, <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think you both, you know, hit, hit the nail on the head. I mean, Omar, yeah. I mean, it, if I'm a brand right now, um, just given capital markets in general, uh, you know, it's best to hold out as, as long as you can to, to some extent to see like how this all, um, you know, shakes out to some degree, especially after, you know, here in the States, we have midterms coming up in November. So, you know, I think maybe some, some different sentiment maybe, um, pushed out after that point as well. But, um, in, in our case, I think, yeah, the supply chain, um, supply chains, I think are, are regulating where we see a lot of movement right now is, um, about March, April, while, you know, majority of people, I think, are especially brands were thinking about product development in that sense of doing these larger scale projects to really kind of cut back, right? Omar, you, you were just alluding to that. And and I think, you know, what we saw at the same time is actually the supply chains actually started getting better, right? Now, you know, now you can ship a container, a 40-foot container from from China to, to LA, what, for $5,800, right? When when, uh, you know, pre COVID or during COVID, we were, we were reaching 25, 28 K for, for a 40 foot container. So, you know, I think, uh, for the most part, that's going well. Now, I think a new, a new issue, right? Supply chain is all about all these different, uh, you know, obstacles that are thrown in your way, essentially, and how you get around them. And, and, and the new obstacle that's now presented itself is, um, de-risking your supply chain, right? It's thinking about, um, the political issues that are going on around the world and where's all your supply chain currently taking place. So, um, you know, we work with quite a bit of aggregators on the assessment of buys. So, 
um, hey, I'm about to buy this brand. What do you think of this supply chain? How's the health of the supply chain? Where's the opportunity in the supply chain? Where can I relocate my supply chain if I need to? Um, and, and that's Oh, I think I think we lost uh, we lost Amir. I think he's uh, he will be back very soon. I live from ah here we go dollar sale. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, I'm just uh, here at the billion dollar sale summer, so I'm, I'm I'm tucked away in the lunch room uh, talking to you all right now as I as I wait to go back in. But um, yeah, I, I think um, what we're seeing now, really, from from that perspective of the aggregators, is is thinking about the supply chain of all the cost cutting activities and all the de risking activities that can go on right now as they continue to focus in on the brands and maybe not so much on the buying side of the current moment, but more or less how to get more out of the current brands that that they that they just purchased uh, over the past two or three years. No, that that's that definitely great. So. One of the things, by the way, like as Eva now, we have more than 100,000 square feet 3PL operations in Houston for East Coast and in California in the West Coast. And um, one of the things like, I mean, now I have like a lot of brands and aggregators, they want to work with us. But then they ask me about like the supply chain, freight forwarding, the optimization in China, and uh, I mean, and also like what else? Like, I mean, custom clearance. Now, the thing is like, I'm, <laughs> we are not the guys, you know, doing this, right? I mean, we- That's we why we have Gamba. Warehouse. Uh, we know everything. <laughs> warehouse is my, my thing. I live in a warehouse almost. So the thing is, uh, I mean, how do you help Steven? Like, because that's why I'm super interested to work with Gamba because like, I mean, whenever all these questions are coming to us, like, Yes, we have an idea, but I'm not like, I mean, we are not the experts on it. And I've kind of feel like you guys are really helping the cu the customers with to streamline the supply chain until it kind of comes to our warehouses, hopefully. So what's the real value? Why should they maybe like work with you guys? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're really helping through the whole journey. Um, so you know, we're a product development marketplace, but really uh, product development, supply chain, um, anything that has to do with the, the uh, you know, the creation of a product or the ongoing sourcing, development, management, QC of the product as well. Um, so we're doing a lot of stuff right now focused on um, reducing just the cost, the cost of development, the cost um, of, of current manufacturing, um, and, and helping people do a lot of um product line extensions without having to spend all the money on the product development design work that's, you know, is typically goes into all the product creation stuff. So um, some people come to us and they have ideas and they want to launch products. Some people come to us and say, here's my existing products and I want to figure out how to relocate them to other places. Some people come to us and say, here's my existing products and we want to use, you know, understand cost cutting initiatives about, you know, how we could do this. Um, so, we, you know, we kind of work with a variety of different use cases, but I would say is anything in the, in the aspects of creation, sourcing, management, um, the whole nine, we take care of for you. And, um, you know, our goal has been to go out and really try to find the best of the best and hire the best of the best to vet those people, right? Um, so our, you know, head of design came from Dyson. He was the director of innovation there for 10 years. And our head of supply chain is, I always say he is an absolute product savant and a supply chain savant and um, it came from very sophisticated supply chains within Lockheed Martin and Walmart and Caterpillar. So, and, and those guys are going out 
really in building out our infrastructure to go out and find the best product design experts from engineers, um, um, industrial designers, merchandisers, et cetera. And then also on the supply chain side, finding the best factories in the world, the best supply chain managers, et cetera, to, to help you cut down on all that time that you're spending um, developing the product. So we can work in a variety of different ways, but um, really love to come in to assess what's going on from the product development strategy through the ongoing supply chain management strategy and really think about all the tough things that people are going through. And then we have a wealth of resources here at Gemba. Um, and so it's really kind of building out those custom plans um, per those groups, specifically aggregators, to, to kind of help them explore um, all the different ways we can help within the supply chain. Wow, that's that's pretty, you know, unique. And uh, uh, as well, they're closing the gap from every direction, you know. Um, for this, I, I just have a quick question because I, I get some reports coming out of China, which are which are stating that uh, there is still here and there uh, some factories closing, uh, products cannot be made because you know because of COVID. Still, they you know they're locking everything down. Sometimes here, sometimes there. So, I, uh, uh, what do you think? Is it a good timing uh, to begin if somebody wants to change countries, for example, from A? Uh, to to China and uh, pro produce in China because because of this this uh, issue at the moment it, it does it I mean from my side I can I don't see a slowdown I still see products coming in as well from our customers and everything there has not been no reports that it's slowing down but there is sometimes complete blockages that's what I'm seeing oh oh okay so sorry sorry how um, Uh, if you have you heard the last the last bit of my question or yes i heard the the, the last bit on on you know how, how kind of handling with the the closures in china how are people handling that and okay, um, yes, exactly, just like where, exactly. where, where people are going from there okay yeah so um uh yeah i think uh, you know we're still, still experiencing closures in china um still experiencing issues where um they're they're you know covid cases could could rise and then you know the community itself is there's some challenges to, to manage uh the movement of goods there um we try the best that we can obviously in trying to coordinate and um provide as much information on the ground as we can that, i think that's the best thing we can do is be your eyes and ears at some points um because you can't can't get there physically um but i do think you know um you know i've been at, at, at billion dollar seller summit everyone's asking me like what's my What's my hack? What's my thing I'm most bullish on within supply chain? And, um, you know, it, it really is India. Um, I'm, I'm most bullish there. I didn't want um, to mention, but this is as well. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Omar just said, like, he was also thinking about India and maybe that can be a, or Vietnam, right? Like there were some alternative locations. Yeah. Vietnam. Right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there might be a little bit of a lag. So let me see if I can get into a, a better position here. Um, yeah, I mean, I think India is definitely uh, the new frontier in terms of where we're looking and um, the overall supply chains and the infrastructure there, I think, is is starting to to really develop nicely. So um, my, my biggest hack is, is for those that are producing in, in China right now to to start looking at other places. Um, Vietnam is definitely one of them. If you have a lot of order quantity volume, I think that's a good option for you. Um, but in general, I think um, those that are not thinking about India right now, 
um, will be will be definitely mistaken um, in a couple of years from now if they don't are not established there. Yeah. Look, Stephen, I'm going to tell you a, a real scenario that is happening uh, almost every month with a different customer. And we manage like more than 100 uh, brands on Amazon right now. Um, we, we try to sell, right, with dynamic pricing, advertising and everything. But there is also competitive um, products as well. When I look at, let's say, my customer's product is at 20 bucks. And the competitor product is 15 bucks. It looks like the same quality. And I'm like, I mean, are you really sure? Can we reduce the price? And then my customer says, no, 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 we cannot do it. And I say, why? Because I met with the best factory in China. The guys are so friendly. They are really great. I'm like, oh, really? So have you looked through all the 1.2, I don't know, 5 billion people? And now like you think that this is your friend? Like, how do you know? Like that that's, that factory is the best, number one. And they're like, mm, I don't know. And then number two, I asked like, are you getting the same quality with each, um, each order you deliver? And it's like, well, you know, um, every third time, like we re- reject the offer, reject the, the patch. But I'm like, but, you know, then you are basically not even getting the same quality. Like, how do you make sure that they're always delivering the same quality? And it's like, well, because, like, they they, they always kind of test. But when they receive it in U.S., which is already too late, you know, to do that as well. But at the end of the day, maybe maybe there is a better manufacturer. Because, like, somebody else is selling this similar product. Like at a 25% less price, I have doubts that this manifest, this, this factory is like delivering the best price. Maybe it's a freight forwarding issue. Maybe, I don't know, there has to be something wrong. Would you be like, for example, as Gamba come and say, look, let's do an audit and maybe we can reduce your cost by 20%. This is what we're going to do. And this is our offer. I mean, I don't know. Is it something like you guys do as well? Or maybe... Maybe I'm completely wrong. I don't know. Because maybe that's the best manufacturer in China that my, my, my customer is working with. Because that's not my uh, expertise area. I don't know. Yeah, we we definitely see that a lot. I mean, I think it's always hard to, to provide a, you know, apples to apples comparison. Um, we do the best that we can. You know, we... Um, we spend a lot of time uh, with our teams following up on uh, in the factory itself. But um, we send... Um, our team and after you place an order to verify that the materials on hand are what you purchased. And um, we go in at the midway point, we pull things off the production line and what we call make sure it passes the scratch and sniff test, right? Making sure that everything is okay with your current order. Um, and then we, we even go as far as at the very end of your order, doing a full functional QC um, based on AQL standards, which is a manufacturing standard. Um, that just says if you're producing X, you should check Y. Um, so we try to do all those things to ensure quality and put a lot of internal controls in place in order to to maintain that. Um, quality is definitely an issue. Um, quality is an issue when you are producing from multiple regions. We have several clients that are producing some parts in China and some parts in India and bringing them together, um, possibly in Tijuana. That's pretty interesting, you know. That's uh that's that's, that's a long way geographically, I mean. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> you know, this... literally 
20 minutes away from my 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 house in San Yes, Diego. exactly. <laughs> so it's not a bad idea, you know, like I'm also, and there is a very nice uh, port in Sanadas. Uh, and okay. that also kind of makes a lot of sense. Like uh, I mean, we are giving some tips that probably people hide that type of things, but I'm thinking it's a great idea, like bring the parts uh, because then there is also maybe something like there is a cost uh, effectiveness if you are uh, if you are bringing the parts together in Mexico. Uh, I'm not sure if there is, there is definitely a a cost uh, reduction in customs. Maybe 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 the tax of uh, you know importing directly from China is is much more than like importing the parts from multiple places and and um, and put them know, together yeah assemble. yes yes definitely i don't know like steve steven i've seen this i've seen this i, I sorry sorry you know but i've seen this as well um for for friends of mine they they're running a, a big e-bike business and this is exactly what they do actually they bring the parts from from china for example and then they resemble them uh, somewhere else, and then they send it into the the U.S. and the European Union. You know, so um, I think I think this is a, it's a very good point. Um, do Do you agree with that, uh, Stephen? Is this uh, is this seen now? Is it a new trend? Is there any any advantage in taxes or everything? I'm not sure if he hears us. Yeah. Well, by the way, like... go ahead, Stephen. Look, Stephen already gave us some very good feedback very, about like, what very good Tampa show. is doing and uh, how it the the you know if you stream like you know it's always like in the trade you win when you buy for less like it's first of all about buying right and uh, here the buying process in, incorporates the manufacturing assembly finding the right company to work with. Uh, finding the right QA process and everything, and even then freight forwarding, consolidation of the goods in a Chinese warehouse, sending it to US, sending it to Europe. Like as soon as like it arrives to US, like you already need to win the game, right? I mean, because if you're competitive, fifty oh, yes. percent of your cost, you're not going to win if you're just doing like you know. And that's kind of sometimes with some of my customers, I see that because I see the cost. I see the cost of the competitor and there is like a two times difference. Now, I mean, most of the time on Amazon, if you are like two times uh, more expensive and if you're investing like heavily into advertising, you're not going to win because we always believe there is a correlation between the inventory, advertising, pricing. It doesn't work if you just make one right. You need to make three right. (laughs) There is no other way. Okay. So... But it's great. Like, I mean, thank you, Stephen. Like, that was like really some great information uh, about like how important it is to streamline the supply chain, streamline the manufacturing. Um, and I'm pretty sure that, you know, like we're going to continue our conversation in a, in a couple of minutes. So I'm going to come down. Uh, we are <laughs> live, live from Austin. And it's already being a great event uh, called Billion Dollar Seller Summit. And, um, yeah, I think we're going to continue from that. So thank you very much, Stephen and Omar, for this great conversation. Thank you. Hi, Stephen. That was amazing. Uh, great. I, w- I would love to join you guys right now. But uh, when I go down, I need to go 22 floors down and there will be some desert. So we will not be in the same place, you know. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think, by the way, don't worry about it. It's almost the same weather as Dubai right now in Austin. I mean, I'm I sure of, about that. I kind of felt like, like I'm in Dubai now. Like, I'm, that's when we are in Austin. Uh, <laughs> the weather. How, how many degrees we talk about? Because uh, I'm not so good in Fahrenheit, you know? Um, well, I mean, I think more than 100 or let's say 40 plus degrees in Celsius. Whoa! For sure. Whoa. Like 40 plus, 41, 42. Exactly the same weather off Dubai yeah. in October, November time. Frame. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing. So thank you guys. And thank you all so much for, for dealing with my internet as well. I appreciate y'all having me on today. Of course. Great. Bye. Bye.